Hello, everybody, and welcome to one of the very sporadic madaxman.com podcasts. I'm here with um, Peter, the man they call Peter Webb. Hello, Hello. Peter. Hello, Peter, you're there. Hi, how are you doing? Good, good, good. And um, Simon, good day, Simon. Good day, how's it going? It, it actually sounds like you are in Australia there, Simon. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> or is the weather here just hot enough now that it's almost um, almost Australian for you? Well, it's got about 15 degrees, so for English, that's summer. That's pretty good, isn't it? Good. Well, look, we're, we're trying to do a series of, of short, sharp-ish podcasts with a bit of rambling, because that's who we are, um, to talk about some of the ADLG, ADLG lists that were used by the, the players who finished sort of top-ish of the pile at the recent Worlds in Rome, which which we all went to. And um, I, should, I think which my um, my digestive system has, has just about recovered from the, the somewhat substantial Italian food overload. And, um, and my swimming trunks have just about dried up from from the pool as well. Um, did you guys enjoy it? I'm, actually, I'm not sure I've seen you since um, we all parted ways on the aeroplane. Uh, no, it was uh, fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Uh, great atmosphere. Um, good bunch of people playing. And as you said, the food was, food was fantastic. It didn't feel like a proper War Games competition because there were no grey pies yeah. and uh, no, no curry. curry. No curry recovery no. in the morning. <laughs> Just and Simon, even even from the vegetarian perspective, it um, it, it seemed well. There was quite a lot of vegetables there, I believe. Yeah, they catered, um, catered quite well for, I think, the one vegetarian that was there, which was me. Yeah, um, well. But it was nice to have a, um, um, a competition where the primary colour of the food wasn't beige. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a British staple. Um, yeah. I think I've, I've been to a Chinese restaurant in Burton in which every single dish was beige. But, but oh. that, was, that was back in the days of DBM when, when things were just different anyway, I think. Um, so look, let's crack on, crack on with this. And um, looking, we're starting at the top, really, with um, the guy who won, Massimiliano, a an old hand from Italy in in many previous rule sets, um, one of the the godfathers of of Italian wargaming, and um, and I think it's fair to say he won with a a list which is is up there on the power curve of of decent lists the, well, the number 263 the UNs but yeah. it, it has won worlds in 2019 2018 and 2016 oh, but that's so, three different, is that three different people or is that um, no it was uh, Rafa um, I think Rafa's won it twice no no it's three different people yeah there was uh, a French guy Sean Francis the... yeah oh yeah it's Rafa in... yeah Rafa and Shawa. So three different ones. Okay. Let's forget Shawa. (laughs) We'll never forget Shawa. So that's probably something to do with the heat then um, that this army seems to do well. So looking at it, just running down the the list, you've got, and and just thinking how you put it together, it's quite a a long, complex list, but I'm guessing it's hard not to start with the four heavy cavalry, bow elite, Khan's guardsmen in, in most lists that you pick. Yeah. Is she, well, Simon, is this the list you've used? Um, yeah, I've used. Um, I used this at the Worlds last year, so, and I got um, mid-table mediocrity with it. Um, and yeah, the, the, the heavy cavalry are, are quite impressive. Um, you know, they were they were they are one of the stronger parts of the army because um, the elephants are only elephants rather than elite elephants. So, but the army gives you so many different options. You can have 
you know, swordsman, heavy swordsman, medium, heavy sword, spear, crossbow, and bow. So, uh, the so do, do you see this then as a, uh, when you were using, is it a, a foot army with good cavalry? Is it a Mongol army with some elephants? Is it, or, you know, and this, I guess, was a two-list format competition. Is, that, is there a thing at which this is a particularly good list for a two-list competition? Well, yeah, I'd say it's a fantastic list for a two-list competition because you're, you've also got your allies. So you can either go heavy on the cavalry with the um, doing a sort of Gaznavid type with the yeah. elephant um, starburst uh, and the cavalry either side, or you can mix it up with the infantry, or you can forget it all and just go uh, over the top with the elephants uh, due to the ally contingent. Oh, right. That's the Javanese. So Yeah. yeah. So, so you can who... double down in elephants and uh, really go stomping. So it's, it's kind of a, a clever man's Gaznavid with an option to to be a real infantry elephant super death star run you over machine yeah well and you can't uh, assume that they're even going to do that because the list itself you can just go crazy so if you decide to turn up with a load of pike um if someone was expecting to turn up with that you could either respond with uh, shooty cavalry or just load up with uh, medium swordsman two-handed weapon um from the yuan chinese so you're still kept guessing as to what you can actually have and what you're going to go up against yeah because when you look at the compul the actual um the army list itself the compulsories are the guardsmen because they're, they're this the um the scariest of the, of the mountain you've got heavy cavalry bow elite and you can make them impact so even against the knight they're not horrible mm -hmm. against everything else they'll beat up on but then all their foot options, they've got so many different flavours of foot, you can you never know what's going to be in this army. It's going, everyone does like does things slightly differently. Would you would you ever even consider using the the foot as mediocre and just actually having them as complete filler? Or are they just too good that you, you always take them as a as something, even if you've got a mostly mounted version? Yeah, I at the uh, at the world I had the samurai list where you've got the compulsory mediocre spearmen. And they did become a liability as soon as people spotted them. Even a few light horse went, oh, hello, mm. and ran after them and um, slowly shot them to pieces. And once you got rid of, you know, four or so years of mediocre, the rest of the flank was all open. Okay, so actually looking at this further down the list at the bottom, so so there is an option to replace your Chinese foot with with mixed medium spearmen and, and bow crossbow units. So, so if you were taking this as an all-mounted list, you could actually take all of your infantry as as four units of those medium mixed spearmen and, and stick stick a couple on either flank and use them to bully enemy light horse and yeah. that's basically what massimo's done okay. uh, actually yeah let's, let's look at his let's look at his actual list so out after we've done some um adlg theory um from from a position of, of making this stiff up so looking at his first list then so um we've got three um i don't know what i put that on medium swordsman the, the, i think the thing that jumps out straight away on all of these Yuan chinese is mm -hmm. that everybody's gone for some good commanders okay um to, just just to have the maneuvering element this is yeah. what a lot of people don't actually have quite often uh when you've got a more static list or the list without the variety I think because when you're looking down these, you've got the variety of horse and foot and that mixture, and they're quite expensive ones. They've backed mm. it up with some uh, 
key components, key generals, so they can get the pips to get them out of trouble. So he's gone into trouble. Full, he's gone the full plus four on both of these lists. Then there's nothing simple about these. It's just dance around, move them, drive them where you want. Yep, well and truly. Okay, so so if we run run down from the top one, so you've got a block of three. Um, the Chinese halberdiers and swordsmen, the, he's taken them as medium swordsman impact. So that's that's quite punchy. Um, wrapped around an elephant to give you a, a death star. Um, two javelin, that's covering the front of the elephant. A, an auxiliary javelin, and that's that's a, a fairly useful thing to stick in a command like that, that, that there's enough in it to grab your attention, that the, the javelin man can, can be there to drive away some light foot or... Or does, or does that make it a, a better anti-elephant, elephant, anti-elephant, anti you know, how many times do you want to go around in a circle command? Do you, what, what do you guys think that javelin's actually there to do? To be honest, I think it's there just to take up any territory, any uh, rough terrain, because if you're looking at the other two, uh, the other two commands in this are basically you've got a, heav a heavy horse and a mixed horse with some uh, medium foot. Mm. So this is the command that is going to be going through terrain and you want to own it and have all the overlaps. And the javelin there, uh, javelin men there, are, I'd use them as soon as you get in to sweep up any light infantry that's around and pick up some easy points. Mostly if you can get a cheeky, if someone puts um, a bow or something into a bit of rough terrain, one or two gentlemen or gentlemen swordsmen are enough to shoo out most things. Actually, yeah, look at, looking at that, looking at that first command again. So you could put two of the halberdiers either side of the elephant, as usual, but then a, a little formation with a, a halberdier impact, uh, well, so swordsman impact, a javelinman, and the mixed spear and crossbow is quite a nasty thing to drive through terrain as well, isn't it? In yeah. its own right. That can function. Yeah, because if you decide you're going to, um, you know, you can sit back and shoot and force them to come out, or you can go steaming straight in with uh, uh, having the medium sword impact with the javelin men by the side, mm. and then the, um, the half and half doing the overlap, yeah, and they can't quite... put light infantry there. Yeah, that's one of those commands that does one or two different things. So the next one along, um, so two of the Khan's guards, so he split the Khan's guards, um, is... Simon, did you? I think I've played this army before and, and seen all the Khan's Guard together. Um, but you've used it, you know, having used it, do you think, do you like splitting them or do you think stick them all together and just go make something go away? Um, having seen how well my samurai, and I went with the theory of in the samurai they've got um, four or five mounted, I put them all into one command. It did mean I could bully on one flank, but it did mean my other flank had no cover. And after having seen how well that went for me, I think having mounted on both sides gives you options because if you can get a little breakthrough, one or two mounted can cause endless amounts of fun. Um, so I think separating them is far more terrifying because any foot army then can't lock, lock a corner and then just wheel around you. They, there's always something they have to work with. But this one's supporting it with just light horse. You know, there's no mediums, there's no other heavies in that, that command. Yeah. And, and looking a bit further down, so they've gone for the six light cavalry overall to get the, the initiative up to four, which is quite pokey. Because, you know, I'm, I'm a bit sceptical. Well, clearly this worked, but I'm a bit sceptical about four light cavalry bow. But then the Khan's Guard are as good as it gets to stiffen that up. Yeah, I think 
basically he's, he's done it because uh, look, you've got competent with um, just a small amount of horse and then a brilliant with uh, horse and some foot. So you can dance around a lot and just confuse the hell out of someone. So if you're utilizing this and you're up against um, your usual list that's got, say, something to refuse a flank, some infantry, stodgy and then one cavalry command um, you can really cause some mischief um, going around them getting around the back because as soon as you start getting some of the the lights hitting someone in the flank um, getting a few shots in then going in support you can just wheel around them so much you start breaking them apart okay so that actually yeah those cars guard you know I, I don't really it's not a troop type I've used that much or um, but thinking about it because they're so good that's occupying three or maybe even four enemy horsemen of, of normal, you know, normal competence, which means your four light horse are suddenly super spare, aren't they? And and any bit of terrain you're like you're in, you maybe do a bit of shooting. So that is yeah. the that is the I'm better than your flank refused command. Yeah, I'm getting around it. Yeah. Imagine when you've got, say, uh, a Mongol type thing or even if you go up against uh, another Gaznavid type you've got um, you know your Gaznavid type you've usually got two maybe three um, but then you're overwhelming them with the light horse coming around it all the time yeah it gives you some width doesn't it and then that final command is is more of these unfashionable spearmen crossbowmen um, which I think might be cool plus another pure play crossbow unit so you've got three infantry shooters two of which are vaguely decent against um mounted and um and then two more of those heavy cavalry and a couple of bows so you're you're kind of five wide plus a plus an opportunity to sit in terrain as well on that one and plus as you said he's got what four initiative with the brilliant and the capabilities you're going to have plenty of ability to one uh, probably win the initiative so you can choose to attack or defend and plus uh, be able to move things around so there's a lot of there's a lot of mediums here so you guys what what terrain would you you know is this attacking agricultural or is this go for a step what what is this for attacking the plains um yeah. you you attacking the plains you've got the cavalry that's got the flexibility to get around stuff so you're not worried if some of the fields are in odd places and uh, odd bits in there because you can also have the light cavalry go around and through that without much impact as long as they're not caught um the rest of your stuff can go steaming through it that way you're feeding if you're up against say knights or something um or someone with a lot of heavy infantry next thing you know you're sat in a field shooting away at them um getting around them uh forcing them down different columns yeah there's there's six light infantry in this one as well that mm. that, that when I played Massimiliano in um, in Spain back end of last year, he had a lot of light infantry. It bulks up the army count to, what is this, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 14, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 25. That's enormous for this army, isn't it? Wow. You're, you're losing all the decent stuff before that's gone with the six light infantry. Yeah, because the joys of the, um, the Yuan Chinese army, especially a lot of these Chinese armies, is a lot of their medium troops aren't particularly expensive. You know, you're paying eight points for a decent um, medium. Who was it? Um, yeah, eight points for a medium swordsman, two-handed weapon. So this type of troop type can go into pretty much any bit of terrain, 
annoy somebody. They can fight against even against heavy troops, against spear or pike. If they draw, they win. Um, they have learned to respect them over the last couple of competitions where I've fought against a few of them. They're very effective for what they do. The only thing they don't like is mounted, but, you know, if someone rides you down with mounted, it's going to hurt and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And then and this next list is much more much more textbook, isn't it? Um, this is the one I've sort of seen before. Um, I suspect further down here there's probably probably similar versions of it um but you've got you've still kept all the four khan's guard um which is a big old block of dangerous stuff three light yeah. horse as well and then then i do like that idea of the extra bowman in with a mostly mounted command to to just kind of soak up actually a brilliant general with that that's that's an interesting choice that's maybe because i would have almost thought that's a a command for a competent general and you you stick the brilliant in with the elephants at the bottom but, in the ally but, but the I, 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 you've got already got a competent included in the ally but mm. the ally is going to be um you see i've played you know, i've played elephant lists a lot um i wouldn't go any more than competent with the elephant ally because effectively you've got the medium sword impetuous this is your lump that's going forward these are your downhill mm. we're charging you know the, the props on the field and they're just going to go into whatever's in the way it's the other stuff that you want to be able to dance around to protect them so that's why you've got the competent with a single ele element uh, elephant with the medium sword impact because they're a lot more flexible if you want to be turning them around and the cons um, you're either going to be absorbing or taking up the best part of the command and half of somebody else, of the other side's uh, enemy, or quickly overwhelming one flank if they've just got a small flank uh, coverage out there, and then you're straight into um, hitting from their side and totally distracting them. So it's a really nice three-point hit because if you want to, because you've got impact horse, You've got the elephant and then you've got the competent ally, provided they don't go all unreliable. You can be down in their face very quickly. Yeah, in turn one, you can be basically at their, at their uh, right on the four, so you can be within charge range of your mountain in turn one. Yeah, no, I, I suppose so, actually. And that's, that's a scary commander. Then, you know, the other two commands very much do what they, they say on the tin. Yeah. Um, I think the, the choice of, to me, the thing that sort of stands out is the choice of impact swordsman instead of all the other options, the two-handed cutters or, or whatever, that is saying this is, we are throwing this at you quite hard. Yeah, so, we, have, we have one so if, job. So if you, sorry to interrupt, go on. I was just saying with the elephants and the impact swordsmen, it makes it clear you have one job, you're not going to be hiding in terrain, you're going to pick, you're going to go straight down somewhere and most likely you're going to tear a hole in whatever you, whatever you impact. Uh, and that's why he's gone for the high command level because you're likely to win the initiative. If you're the attacker, you can see how they deploy. If someone makes a mistake on the deployment, you can punish them with this. You're going to be straight in at that throat, and either they're scrambling to try and redeploy, or you're straight in to take advantage of it. You've been seen where they've put down their troops. Unless they're really clever about how they're going to hide it, you've got a good guess, and you can move... Uh, that central command, so you'd have the competent ally uh, probably in the centre to make sure if it does go um, 
unreliable you can recover it but you want that going straight downhill you've got the other elephant uh, ready to take one wing and then you've got the car guards if you've got totally open area uh, to pick up anything there but any mistake by the opposition they're going to get punished fast So looking at, looking at these two lists, then, just before we kind of wrap up and, and move on, two more questions. This is first one, very interesting. You mentioned the, the unreliable. Both of these lists have got two unreliable generals in them. Mm. The first one's got a brilliant unreliable general, which um, is, is, is putting a, a lot of eggs in a very breakable basket. Now, you know, you, you've got a one in six chance of doing it. Um, I've, I've started taking unreliable generals a lot more. It's... Um, I think it's it's Richard Case's trick that, that yeah. we've all started to pick up at the club. Um, and I, it seems that there's almost a law of unreliable generals, which I'm now going to break by by articulating, um, that um, if they go unreliable, they, they come reliable again um, the moment you attempt to allocate them some extra pips. And then, then you never, then you roll a six and you don't, then you've wasted those extra pips. But, but for an army that requires that, needs to well we think needs to go forward um and to save what 3.6 points there's when you've got quite a few light infantry and bits and pieces in here would you would you feel comfortable gambling on on two unreliables or even one with something like this well the point is if you've got the light infantry which she has you can have it um, if you've won the initiative, you've got the light infantry out as a screen. So as soon as they come within four, so for for them to actually do anything to you, um, they're going to have to come towards you. Um, unless you suddenly go against a shooty army or they're going to try and focus on uh, just one area, um, you can basically, you've got the ability to force them to come to you. You've got a big enough screen with the light, actually, yeah, the light horse as well. You've got what you've got six light horse and six light infantry in the first one as a forward screen and in the second one you've got what three yeah four five six seven seven or eight as a screen that you can chuck forwards as well so that that does sort of work so um simon have you um had any kind of views on unreliability are you coming around to it as a as a good value saving yeah because i mean getting an extra 12 points in an army really you know i mean that's an extra medium swordsman plus uh, one skirmisher. So it's an extra two in your break points. So it gets your army up to sometimes up to 26, 27 for break points, which is quite effective. Yeah. So long you can make sure uh, you, when you deploy the unreliable command, you've got to make sure that they are targeted enough that they can't be avoided. Um, well, I suppose the solution they, that Massimiliano has found here is to have two. <laughs> so you just can't avoid two. Um, and the other one will just run away because it's the, it's the most, um, it's one of the, one of the fastest moving ones, certainly in that second command. Mm. So, you, yeah, you, you just run away with the Khan's guard and say, come on, you've got to take on the elephants and, and we're off and running again. Yeah. But can they both on. go unreliable? If they, if they both went unreliable, you'd still have to roll for each to try and get them back up again, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yep. But then you've got two chances per turn, I guess. So um, I know you're you're more likely to get one of them to come back. So then the, the other question for this in in terms of the matchups, if if we take this as a two list competition, which it was, and and look at the two 
big kind of you know bogeyman cliche sets of sets of armies to do it first of all which of these two lists um um peter would you would you choose to take against a knighty army if you thought someone's got a load of knights on these late medieval things with with knights that's knight rich Ah, see, that's hard because I was thinking about that. Because if you rock up with total elephants, if someone's got a load of knights, then they can always dismount the knights, um, and then they become your worst nightmare because they they basically uh, can become um, heavy heavy armored spear, can't they, or foot knights even? Uh, they become which... heavy armored swordsmen, most of them. Swordsmen, or f- uh, well, it depends on the type of knight. Yeah. So and they're also only medium three knights. Hits. So they're three hits to a base. If they so dismount, the elephants. and the elephants hit them, the the swordsman impetuous wouldn't count um, wouldn't count their armor in the first turn. You know, would you would you have a go at a five wide with the elephants and the swordsman? It's still two one up against um, well two all against spearmen or, or two one up yeah. against swordsmen. Well, I mean, if you've got, I mean, if you've got a heavy knight and someone turns up with that many elephants, you can dismount. Um, and become foot knights now that slows you down a lot which is why they've got all their medium foot to get around mm-hmm. if you've got the medium knights uh, you become a heavy swordsman or heavy spear with armored ability so uh, the medium knights you know the problem with those you're really going to be up against it but um, most of the list that have the medium knights have normally a sort of al mm-hmm. type mix so you'd be betting on, you know, okay, it's one Chinese, they're going to have elephants, they'll turn up with the uh, medium sword, uh, you know, the Almogavar type. And so I'd probably be ending up with uh, list number one, uh, because you've so got the single So you go elephant. double bluff then, against knights you go almost double bluff um, mobility and um, assume that they would take their anti-elephant list because it's such a mainstay of this one. Yeah. And Simon, have you thoughts on that? What's your anti-knight list out of these two? I'd go for one of the options where you have one elephant. So probably a list one where you've got the the one elephant and all that. Because not everyone will dismount. So the ability, if you can get it lined up properly, um, a decent charge will blow through a line of dismounted knights in one turn. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think... I think I'd probably go for that as well, um, but on a slightly different rationale in that, that knight armies can be sort of small, um, but that means where they put their knights, they could actually end up taking part of your army out of the, bo- out of the game through, through deployment or whatever. So I'd actually want the faster-moving yeah. first army to, to be able to concentrate and get around the flanks, and rather than you're kind of gambling a bit with the, the second one that you're going to deploy right, but... But you could work it with the first one and, and, and do better there. Um. So I suppose the second question then is, you know, and the elephant army as the uh, second and final question, the elephant army is your other trope that you could end up, up fighting against. Um, any of these, which of these is, do you out elephant them? <laughs> or do you, which is a bit of a lottery or because I'm struggling to see that first one. Um, being a an anti elephant army myself, so I'm I'm probably coming down to my my elephant army is better than your elephant army. 
Yeah, it, it depends. I mean, with the, the second one, it's uh, depending on the sort of force you're up against. If you're up against uh, someone who's got a lot of uh, infantry, provided they're not going to be uh, heavy infantry, you've, you've really got some uh, impact going along because the elephants go in, you've got ferocious charge. It just They're only one to start off with. It's not as good um, against uh, compared to, say, horse or knights. But you're still going in. You've still got the impact, and you've still got the breakthrough uh, with the impetuous swordsman. It's it's a great big bowling ball coming at them. Okay, so you're you're with the my elephants are better than your elephants. Or actually, you're there. My filler um, is better than your filler between the elephants. Yeah, yeah. it's. I mean, that's the thing that you're going to be going in with. Um, it, it's just you can see it punching through. It's depending on which force you're going to be fighting against. If it's uh, going to be someone who's going to be heavy infantry based. The first one, um, you've got a lot of flexibility in shooting stuff, but you're going to be shooting and falling back. Yeah. Now, you've got the you're ability to, to do table. that, but yeah, you're not going to win. Okay. You know, that, that second one is you're going to get in, get into their face, and you're going to try and win it quickly. Yeah. Aussie Simon, you're, um, are you, are you a third one for the... Um... My elephants are better than your elephants, or, or could you see a, a way of dancing around with list number one? I would probably go, it depends on who you're facing against. So say if you're going against a, um, a Hindu Indian where you've got mass elite elephants and mass bow, I would probably go for, for a dance. Um, okay. Because in a straight lineup, they're going to beat you. Um, yes, you'll probably beat their foot, but their elephants will probably beat you being elite and all that, and they'll have a lot more of them. Mm-hmm. Um, since most of us who've done Hindu Indian have gone for all of the elephants because yeah. they're pretty um, against a Ghaznavid or a Siam or one other more later period elite army, uh, elephant armies you've got one or two smaller death stars but if you can almost dance and mitigate those and you punch through their mounted command because those armies are so um, so small, tiny yeah, I mean, we, it's like you know, we're seeing uh, Iñaki, who's won, he won the, the Worlds in, in um, Spain a couple Spain. of years ago. Mm-hmm. His Gazdavid army only hit, hit 19. If you can get rid of five or so mounted, the army's in real trouble. So, so you actually go against a Gaznavid, you go with, with one and say, right, we will, we will trade off and probably lose against your double Death Star with my single, but then our other two units will absolutely shred your, your flanks. And, yeah. and with 25 against 20, will you just win through attrition? That's where you hope. Then you roll the dice. Yeah, then you roll <laughs> the dice. Good. Right. Just actually one thing while we're here, and I'm hoping that it's still further down this page, quick, very quick eyeball on um, some of the – I just think I've got um, – Rafa's world's winning list from Charleroi. So a little bit of French Spanish. So how, how different is this? So this one here. So you've got elephant, javelin, the mixture. So that is almost exactly the same list, isn't it? He's gone heavy weapon instead of um, instead of the first one compared yeah. to Massimiliano's um, so two halbers. No, actually, no. He's put the Khan's guard in with the Death Star to start with. Um well, if you look at then also um, okay, John so Francis, too, isn't it? Yeah, uh, John Francis Gillies as well. He's actually gone for um, an ally, two different allies. He's gone for one Javanese and one Korean. Mm. Okay, because the um, team you brought the Koreans to. I did. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah. So this yeah. thing with the Korean, 
heavy cavalry, heavy foot. So that heavy mix, heavy mix spear is pretty pretty solid, isn't it? True. Decent Death Star. So there's a lot of ways you can do this. Actually, there's a lot of ways. And that was that was last year's one. I see. Yeah. So four Khan guard, elephant three sword. That's so that's very similar to the the first one, but you bulk the Khan guard together. So that's that's very similar to the second one. But this is a more in that's still a more chunky one. So so Massimiliano's gone a lot more dancey um, with his his different option, yeah. whereas uh, Jean Francois used two fairly solid. Um, fairly solid ones but um but that was probably a slightly different way of approaching anti-cavalry okay yeah, so we've seen that massimiliano's style with like the army list he talked to pamplona where it was like a 29 elements and dance around army list mm. with some expen with, with effectively this the strike troops were were, were expendable in that yeah. list so you've got to ask how would you beat the young chinese then well Someone's yeah, someone's got to do it, haven't they? Because if it's one three three out of four, that's um, that's quite <laughs> quite pokey. Um, but I wonder, you know, obviously the list I chose would have beaten it, but I was just unlucky not to um, not to fight him through um, being mid table until I clawed my way up at the end. Um, and neither of you guys fought this this one either. Um, no, um, I've had my army beaten by it. So last year at the Worlds in it was Birmingham last year. Um, so I brought the Yuan Chinese, not as well designed as these guys. Um, and I think a lot of it comes down to really who you run up against. So in my, in my last game, um, I ran up against a early samurai army who absolutely eviscerated me because um, the majority of his trip type was these um, samurai with bow, bow and sword and mostly elite. So as I came storming down, he just, uh, he had about six or eight of them in a big line, proceeded to blow my front line completely to pieces. And then his mounted got into me and, yeah, the, the sheer volume of fire, if it works, will tear this army to pieces. So, if you, know, you can dance around and mitigate it, but at some point you've got to line up and it comes down to really who's who rolls the best dice in those first couple of turns. Yeah, I don't know. If I, if I look at that first list, um, whilst that Death Star command is is pretty pokey i look at the the other two lists and say well they're actually they're built around two cavalry really yeah um so so one of the things that i've been drifting towards with some of my arab armies is having big slabs of five six cav proper cavalry so and then supported by one or two you know light horse so if you're matching no matter how good two cavalry are if you're matching them up against five or six suddenly you can afford to suck them into a, a trade-off and, and and just overwhelm them because there's only so long the light like cavalry bow can stick around um, and to but an then, extent even that that last that third command as well um, but you can afford to do that though um because that would be your key strike force in that arab army that six um six heavy cavalry bow impact well no, no, your... no, I, I, i'm you know I, i'm actually using some some cheaper mediums and, and heavy impact and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm just looking at a block of five, six, even ordinary cavalry. But see, that's, that's I, with one I, particular type of type See, of I would be quite happy taking that on with two car guards and two uh, lights because I'd just basically focus on one end of the line, mm. go straight in and hit. I've got impact, I've got armor. If you're medium cavalry bow, 
you're going to get stomped fast. If I've got the, the light cavalry position correctly, um, I'm going to be around on your flank, yeah. uh, breaking you around. Um, I've played the various Mongol armies before, and that's worked fantastically. You can really take them apart very quickly if someone wants to try that. And if it's someone else who's got similar stuff, um, but outdoing you in the numbers, say they turn up with their, their equivalent of four Khan guards, then you know you've then got the other wing that has got no one against them. So you just dance around and suck them in and um, basically doing the sort of circle idea of keeping the lights moving around just to keep them busy. So against against um, a bigger, wider line of cavalry, your plan is hit the end of it, hit them hard, and then just keep going. <laughs> Don't even stop. Uh, yeah. Just go straight through and straight over and, and let, let someone else deal with it later. Yeah. Uh, basically, they're just going to be in reaction mode very quickly because you've got the other two commands that are going to be going in and doing something. You've got one command there with the crossbow, medium spear crossbow uh, and another crossbow. So you can have them sit back and take pot shots if it's a, a larger command just sat in, uh, sat in a field shooting away. So we think Massimiliano did, I think he must have, did he lose a game? Um, or did he get a draw? Out of I, think the, he, I think he drew against Dan. Okay. So he wasn't able to beat the big, big Ottoman army, um, no. but then, then did well against the rest. So, so actually then I suppose the lesson is this, this is a good, it's a very successful list. Good players use it well. Um, there's got to be a way of, of dealing with it. Um, but it is challenging. You you need some way to blunt blunt the impact of the heavy cavalry, um, which so I, maybe it's a knights and cavalry combination, um, so I, that you can try and match up knights on the the Khan's guard and and push cavalry through the light horse, perhaps. Yeah, I, th I think it's a really good army when you've got two lists. For a single list, which was say if it was just all eight medieval, mm. uh, you'd be more restricted yeah. because. Say if someone turned up, say if it, you were just playing medieval period and you include anyone late medieval, um, you know, a whole bunch of Swiss pike turn up, it's really going to ruin your day. Yeah. So actually then, maybe the way to beat this is you have an anti-elephant army and an anti-other um, army in your two list selection. And if you come up against this, this particular list, you choose um, the list option that appears to be the least well-equipped to deal with with what you think this one's going to be because if this one guesses right it can probably probably outguess you so so the secret is in in outguessing it um rather than in picking something to to match what it will be because it's it's good stuff is pretty bloody good i think some of the lists that have i'm just trying to think of the list there's some that's got a sort of like heavy spear bow um you know a whole line of those up against these you're going to be really uh, pushing against it because they'd be finding hard to you know okay they'd probably end up with a draw uh, but they'd really find hard to win yeah okay yeah, so like some of the early chinese armies have those um speed bow combinations that are quite cost effective um i know the burgundian the later ones they have it but they're quite expensive because they're 12 points a pop so you can't afford to have too many of those but some of the earlier ones where it's um, or um, communal Italian, you know, you have, say, a couple of commands, heavy mm. spear crossbow or heavy spear bow uh, with the odd knight just to mop up as well. OK, well, that's I think that's that's a good place to um, 
to wrap up because communal Italian is one of the ones that, that we're going to be looking at who came a little bit further down the placings. But I think we've given given this this you know to be honest, I'd completely forgotten it had won three years out of four in in three different hands. So this very very effective list um, in in very very effective hands. We've given it a good old run over um, with the ADLG ruler. And um, thank you, you two guys, for for chipping in. And we will um, reconvene and and start working our way further down the list, and um, and, and drop this audio file into the edit suite and um, and get it out on the internet. So um, hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast. Maybe you've learned something. Um, maybe you've learned something about the food in Italy and its suitability for vegetarians. Um, we'll we'll talk more about swimming pools and prosecco probably next time um, to broaden your educational horizons as well. But thank you, Peter. Thank you. And um, thank you, Aussie Simon. No worries, mate. All right. And we'll um, see you soon for another one. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.